Okay, everybody, welcome to episode 15. Big day. We have a big pod interview here today, Puff, don't we? Oh yeah, one of yeah. the uh, one one of the first people that I ever uh, met in uh, minor hockey circles that was in right. the heart of the action. He was with the AAA and the Tier yeah. One, and him and his brother Ryan were were uh, big figures at East York when we were right. going through. They were very so helpful that, with Tanya. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. Well, that's great because like yeah. So we have Jamie Edwards on. Uh, coached the uh, 03 Don Mills Flyers, coaches the 09 Don Mills Flyers, uh, very much uh, in the scene. I know him from a distance. I was intimidated by him because he was too into hockey. It was like, he was like, you know, when I was at the rink, I knew so little when I first got, yes. started getting into it, but I knew he was into it. And uh, oh, now, yeah. you know, here we are sharing a podcast. Who would have guessed? No one had that on their bingo Ooh. card. I did not see that coming when we were yeah. in the Stork Arena. Right. Yeah. So anyway, great interview with that. So without any further ado, let's go to the interview we had with Jamie Edwards, coach of the 09, 09 uh, Don Mills Flyers and the 03 Don Mills Flyers. You know, let's hear what he has to say. Joining us now is a legendary figure on the east side in minor hockey circles. He was an assistant coach with the Shane Wright-led 03 Don Mills Flyers. He's the current head coach of the third-ranked in Ontario 09 Don Mills Flyers. But my fondest memory of our guest is seeing him and his brother, Ryan, tailgating outside of East York Arena during <laughs> House League hockey, an unbelievable moment in minor hockey history. Thanks for joining us on the To The Ring podcast, Jamie. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. So the first thing I want to know is how did you get involved with coaching at the AAA level with Don Mills Flyers? Um. I had got into coaching uh, with Don Mills, the uh, this organization. With it was actually starting at East York uh, during Tyke. Um, I got an invite, uh, a friend, a mutual friend of mine, and uh, an old GM I had at St. Mike's when I played junior hockey was uh, uh, had reached out, and, and they were talking to each other, and he mentioned my name, and, and he said uh, I'd love Jamie to come out and coach uh, with my old three team, and that was Nick Sloss. And who was the uh, manager of the O3 team? Who they were entering the Peewee year. They were in third in in the minor Peewee year, and they were looking to add someone. And I played for, and I had played for Nick for uh, three years in St. Mike's uh, in junior hockey in the early nineties. So the head coach of that team was Mark Slauson, who I also knew uh, uh, a while back through Nick. And uh, he invited me to come out, and it was a great match. And uh, I um, joined them for the Peewee year. And so during that season, I was coaching uh, with Don Mills and at the same time coaching uh, at, at East York with the Bulldogs. So that's how it all came about. Nice. Nice. Well, I missed those tailgates because I was at East York <laughs> too at those times. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, I appreciate I can picture the, the uh, arena and, and sitting outside there. And that's what I thought hockey was all about as being a parent as I get to just tailgate. But little did I know it's just being an Uber driver basically at this point <laughs> paying for everything along the way. So, um, you know, with that, what, what's been your favorite memory during your coaching career with the Flyers and what moment was the most challenging either off or on the ice with that? So what's your favorite moment? What was the most challenging moment so far? Uh, favorite moment, you can go through a couple. We went through a couple different ones with the O3 team because it was such a, a different situation. Um, like obviously winning an OHL Cup it was really uh, a big thing for our team. Um, 
But to be honest with you, um, my favorite memory um, was with the 09 group, the younger group uh, in Adam. We um, we went out and we were just getting in, coming into our own. We we'd gone from uh, our first year in Mine Adam was a we were a fifth place team who who beat one point out of fourth and we had beat the Marlies in the first round. We we're having a really good year and through that year, the biggest moment for me in minor hockey really was we had gone out to this Buffalo tournament called the Cup and and the top U.S. teams were there and. Um, we had end up ended up playing uh, New Jersey, who had absolutely beat everybody. No one could beat them, and and we'd gone through a great tournament. We played New Jersey. We ended up beating them um, in the final and winning that tournament. And it really led to what became of a really uh, a really successful run with our 09 group. Um, it's hard to compare with the 03s, but like we were so. We had won everything at the time, so we weren't really used to losing. Um, I think we had gone 90-something games with only losing one game in overtime at that time. Um, And that was the Silver Stick final. But this one was a moment where it sort of catapulted us to to really being a a competitive team and to a team that was really – uh, had, had really grown and developed and progressed. And, and that, that was a really special moment. Um, there's no doubt in my mind the toughest moment by a mile was definitely with the 03 team um, in 2018 in our Bantam year. Uh, in the finals against the Marlies on like Mar- Mar- March 14, 2018, um, we had lost our goalie, Roy Pejasinovsky. And um, that was a really hard moment for, for everybody involved in, in, in the hockey community in, in general, everybody sort of came together and it was a really tragic situation. And, and for all of us, I don't think anybody has really been through that. Like where you losing a player to that type of situation and, Mm -hmm. and um, just surrounding as a team and the team really came together and um that type of situation is really hard for the for these kids at this age to go through and, and, and at 13 years old and 14 years old. And, and um, they really came together as a team and did it for Roy. We did it for Roy. And like I said, we went on after that, after that tragic incident, I think it was like 90 something games where for the rest of our minor hockey career for, for those group of kids, um, we went 90 odd games without, without losing a game in regulation. Um, and, and that was that was by far the most adversity um, myself and as a and as coaching staff and as a team in general and and for us like to go through that whole situation. Yeah, that that would be that would certainly be tough because I mean it's also new territory for everybody too. I'm assuming when something like that happens, and so it's a real. Um, you know, sort of moment where you have to pull together and, you know, you don't know how everyone's going to react to it. And I think that's, uh, you know, and it, you bring the team together, you know, in a because of something really negative that happened, obviously. But, you know, and it's it's new for everybody. So that must have been really tough. But, you know, I'm sure the boys are glad they had coaches like you to, to help them through that. Well, we were learning along the way, too, I think. Yeah. Right. Like uh, everybody was learning and the parents, everybody was a great support. Yeah, of course. For the, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jamie, there are a lot of outside pressures when coaching competitive hockey, especially at the AAA level from the organization, uh, parents, agents, kids. How do you manage those pressures and expectations while trying to build a winning team culture? Well, you're right. I think the first thing it starts off, I'm very lucky to be in a good organization where um, the Don Mills organizations run really well, and I feel it's run differently than a lot of organizations. Uh, they're very supportive. 
Um, you don't have to worry about things like I, I think at the end of the day, it's about developing players and progression and uh, less about wins and losses and more about the way you play. And are you developing? Are you progressing? Um, you're right about the pressures. I think the hardest thing as a coach, in my opinion, anyways, is is uh, I think the X and X's and O's at times are the easy part of the game. I think it's develop, it's managing personalities. Um, yeah. It's it's creating a culture. I think the whole thing, what we were able to do, especially as with the O9s, as we started at such an age, a young age, through East York and that, I think it's finding out, uh, like you said, parents, you, you can run into a lot of problems in, in the game. I mean, like in, in anything, I guess, in life, but like I'm creating your culture, I think is the most important thing. Um, creating a good culture, finding the right people and players that, that want to have the same goal. Um, and just coming together and making sure that culture, if there is any problems, you could sort it out right away and, um, and just deal with it properly with good people. And you're not having anybody in any, um, any negative problems in the dressing rooms or, or in the parent groups. And, and at the end of the day, it's managing personalities, I think, and, and dealing with things and dealing with them the proper way. Um, as you get older agents with our guys, like they started last year a lot. And, and uh, for the most part, it's just, it's just being uh, asking parents and, and if they ever need any help and any advice and, and stuff like that, as we, we get to these older ages, I know the agents have, it's a big difference just from old, Oh yeah. three to oh nine. Um, it's got a lot younger. Uh, where the, where the agents post- come in? Yeah, yeah. For us, it started last year, um, right off the beginning of the year. Um, wow. Where 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 guys were um, uh, getting talked to a lot, and and it's a lot of pressure for these kids. And it's just, I think, as a coach, you're looking at uh, it, you can if the kids need any uh, any advice or information or, or the parents, you can help them in any way. Um, and to relieve that pressure and, re- and, and realistically just let them know that that uh, just worry about what you can control and in, in your, your play and whether it be school, off ice or, or all the things that you have in your life which you can control and those outside influences, like they'll come in. Like dealing with agents as a coach right now, it's I, I, I haven't had any problems in that, but we have a really good – we have a great culture. we got a good family. We have – so that way, it's everything's going good that way. But I, I think it's at the end of the day, it's managing people and, and just getting the right people and creating your culture. I think that's the most important thing because if you can create your culture um, and control that culture and, and have a good culture. I think your development only exceeds and it's easier. Like you get an environment in practice where everybody wants to get better. I'm making you better. You're making me better. I'm making me better. You're making yourself better. And we're competing and competing with deliberate practice at 100%. And and at the same time, realizing the goals we've always talked about, you're not sacrificing long-term development for short-term success. You love the short-term mm-hmm. success, but but you're really developing and creating a yeah. foundation for these kids as they go on. And as you go to the next levels and that, you want these coaches to say they came from this program and right. they, know, they know how to treat people, they know how to to react to situations, adversity, whether you're fixed minded, whether you're growth minded and, and, and how do you react to adversity? And, and these kids and these players come from that type of program and you know, you know, they know how to play like the little, yeah. do all the little things and the intangibles and, and just creating it at the end of the day, it's all about the culture, right? Yeah. In, in my uh, work outside of the pod, I always have a saying that, you know, every business is a, is a human business first, you know what I mean? And I don't think it's any different when it comes to the teams as well, yeah. which is basically, I think what you're saying there is, you know, that culture, that 
that team effort, which is great. Yeah. But it is difficult when there's so much at stake for some of these kids, especially when you're dealing with the kids who are, who are on high level AAA teams where, you know, they have big, big life decisions coming up, whether it's the, you know, what path to take in their hockey careers, or even if they have one, it's, it's can, I can see how it would weigh a lot on the families and uh, the kids. Yes, absolutely. They have a lot of decisions to make at a young age and, yeah. and just like, yeah, I mean, for our guys in, in the next year or so, in the next year, year and a half, they're going to want to decide if, if they're, if they're going to be a really high pick in the OHL draft or like maybe they would like to go the university route this year. We visited university of Michigan just two weeks, two weekends ago. And, and we also watched the U S national development game. I mean, like showing them that side of it. And last year yeah. we went to an OHL game and we'll have some OHL guys talk to our kids and, and just show them the different in the parents, even more importantly, I mean, yeah. show them the more, um, the different options and, and if that's the route they want to go, or maybe they just decide a different route. Um, yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, it's just providing the parents with info and, and trying to take as much pressure off the players as possible, because you're right. There's a lot of pressure and, and uh, yeah, it's sometimes it's tough to deal with for these kids at such a young age. Yeah, for sure. Well, as we've seen this week with rumors surrounding the Chicago Blackhawks organization, hockey fans, parents and players love a good rumor. And minor hockey uh, in Toronto has its share of rumors over the year, years. How much energy do you put in, uh, in when you hear stuff around the rink about, you know, players being paid to switch teams or parents paying more for their kids to play? Is that something you guys even concern yourself with or is it something you just ignore? Well, it's, it's tough. I mean, like you try to stay out of it. I know there's different sites and stuff that people go on. And, and to be honest, I, I, when I first got into it, like, I think like 10 years ago or so, like I paid attention to them. Now as a coach, like you just got to stay off them. I, I think, I, I mean, you hear a lot of stuff and, and whether it's true or not, like it, it as a coach myself, I, I try to stay, well, I, I have stayed off the stuff for like eight, eight years now, maybe in, in like at least six for sure to eight. And I just, at one point you started hearing rumors and, and, we heard rumors about a big player on our O3 team and, and how this and how the parents were bad and this was bad and, and people, all these rumors being spread. And I was on the inside and I knew it was the exact yeah. opposite. Right. And, and, and being on the inside in that, it sort of infuriates you enough. Like who, who would ever spread this stuff? Just you're talking about kids here and, and their parents, and these are really good people and they're spreading it. You don't know who's spreading a lot of them sometimes. And, and yeah. at the end of the day, I just learned to, you could just got to stay away from them because there's nothing positive that can come from it. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it was just so ridiculous um, listening to it and knowing how false it was. Right. And I was there yeah. and I knew the truth. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. But you hear a lot of things about different people, a lot of money in the game and stuff like yeah. that now. And at the end of the day, day, I think you can only control your program. Um, you can control what goes on in your program. You can control your culture. And I, I think you just got to go from there. Yeah. Nice. Now, from an outsider's point of view, there seems to be a lot of pressure for the young, you know, talented young hockey players to stay on the ice after the winter season, uh, you know, to play spring, summer hockey, like there's the brick tournament in Edmonton, for instance, instead of other sports. Are you a believer in more hockey? Uh, you play the better? Or do you think it's good for young athletes to take a break and try something new in the spring and summer to have some diversity, whatever that may be? 
Yeah, I'm I'm a big uh, I'm a big proponent of of playing different sports. A lot of our players on our own nine team have always played lacrosse. Some oh, okay. of them, some yeah, a lot of them have played lacrosse right up until some of them are still playing field lacrosse. Um, not as much of playing box as much, but like a lot of field still. I think we had five or six kids on the same team on a, a beast travel team uh, this right. year. Um, and I, I don't mind that. I mean, I, I understand a lot of, a lot of people at a young age uh, are really bring it, bring it uh, big into the spring and summer tournaments, uh, especially the spring. Um, to be honest with you, our own nine program, we've never really done so much spring. We've let people decide on their own. Uh, we, we basically, the one tournament we would do and we still do is, is right during training camp at the end of August. Um, so we give that time off at at, at the younger ages. We had an optional skate a week throughout the spring and summer. So it was a drop in. So if you played baseball or lacrosse or anything, um, you had the option to, uh, come if you wanted, it was like a drop in. So, I mean, but like, uh, Absolutely. I think the kids also need a break sometimes from, <laughs> from yeah. things. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of them decide to do their own personal like training, whether it be a shooting guy, a skating guy or, or whatever, especially uh, they still train, but it, it, they train around their schedule of playing other sports. And, and as a team, we've never really gone into anything uh, too much uh, like other than a tournament at the end of August uh, to prepare for training camp in the upcoming season. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so Jamie, who is the most talented kid you have ever coached or coached against? Oh, geez. That's a very good, uh, (laughs) 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 well, I mean, you can go to your, like, you can go to your, your, like your normal, like we, I think we had seven off the O three team. I think we had seven, uh, kids that are owned by NHL teams and I think six were drafted. I mean, three of them in the first round. I mean, so it's very, it's very hard to say, uh, I'd go with the kids we coached. Um, we, uh, some of them, the three of them right now are still very, like the three first rounders are very, uh, early in their career still. So you got like, Got guys like Shane Wright and and uh, Brendan Othman who who were first round picks to Seattle and New York, uh, but then you go with a kid like Clarky um, who's extremely talented who went eighth overall to LA. I mean Brent Clark, and I mean like talent. Like it, it, it's so hard to it, seeing them battle against each other was really special. Yeah. Um, seeing these kids with this talent. Um, but like that team was that team was uh, full of talent, and you played against great players like Wyatt Johnson, who is who is in Dallas right now right. And with the Stars, and at a young age, Mason McTavish for Ottawa Valley, who's went third overall and played for Ottawa Valley uh, and plays for the Ducks now. Um, a lot of them, it's hard. A lot of them are still early at, at a young age. They're they were just so like Shane Wright was electric at a young age. Like, right. like I mean, at, at Bantam, like he the points these kids were putting up were were incredible and it was fun to watch it was it was the type of thing yeah, where right. when you get to you get to uh watch these kids practice and something surprised you every couple of days and yeah. there's a couple now we have some players now that are very talented they're just not as old yet yeah. right. <laughs> so so it's it's hard to yeah. say when you you don't want to you don't want to say anything about these kids are very young right now and we'll see yeah. where they progress uh but there's some really talented kids that uh will will hopefully continue to progress and development and yeah. develop as we get older yeah, it must be so cool to like you know see them from such an early age, and then you know watch them through their career all the way through to when they're dealing with agents, and you know, and some heading out to the to the you know NHL teams. It must just be such a, a journey to watch them mature and change over that time. It must be a pretty cool feeling to be sitting in that chair to watch that happen. 
Yeah, it's definitely fun watching for sure. Yeah, cool. And being a part of it. Um, so this is our last question. You know, uh, we love our pump up songs on this podcast and we're a big believer in making sure that we use music, uh, to like get everyone rolling. So what's your favorite pregame song, or do you have one that's just one that you've used over the years, like your pregame pump up song or uh, one that you've maybe tried to influence the kids on that is through a different generation, like some <laughs> Def Leppard or something, you know, do you, what do you got for us on a, your pump up song? To be honest, the kids, the stuff they use these days, I, I'm not the biggest uh, fan of <laughs> Yeah. And I've tried, I, I've tried, listen, I, I tried when we had a, when we uh, wore dark jerseys and we had a, and we had an away win, a good away win to play like ACDC back in right. black and, yeah, and, yeah. and they just weren't having any of it. Like they, they, yeah, I, I was like, hey, this is a great part. And they were all looking at me and, and, and I, it's just, I, I sort of, I, I got to know my yeah. step back here a bit and, and I'm not the biggest fan of their stuff. Maybe they put on some soft stuff sometimes that I like a bit better, but like yeah. all the, I've never heard of some of the guys they listen to or something. Oh, yeah. I'm still, a, I'm a rock guy and they're not really rock guys. So it's, yeah. it's, it's these players. So uh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. our duty to influence them still. Yeah, you know, I used Jamie? to like yeah, I used to like the ACDC and the Tragically Hip and, and all right. this stuff. Crazy trained by Ozzy Osbourne yeah. in the oh, in pregame and yeah, all that type of stuff. These guys won't have any of it. They're just like, yeah. I feel bad. I'm like, no, I gotta yeah. stop. I tried I, I tried a couple of years ago to, to influence them and yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got a little yachty going off in there. Yeah, now, exactly. So. <laughs> Whatever Mitch Marner, if Mitch Marner's listening to something, they want to listen to right. it, right? Like yeah, they, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, uh, Jamie, that's uh, all the time yeah. we got for you, but thank you so much for uh, joining us and uh, yeah. good luck the rest of the season. Yeah. Thanks hey. so much. Thanks so much guys for having me. Well, that was a, uh, that was a great, uh, a yeah. great interview with uh, Jamie, a uh, terrific guy. Um, yeah. very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually the one who's going to be pr- doing my uh, coaching certification coming up. Oh, he's going to oh. be the on ice. He's watching. He's the coach he's He's the coach of the coach, making sure I, I know what I'm doing out there. So uh, yeah. hopefully I'll get a passing grade. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Like how it was long, very interesting. How long do you have to be coached for for that? Like, what is that? A whole day? No, it's just, you just got to run a practice and he wants to run practice. Make sure, make sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're doing the proper water breaks. You have the proper <laughs> emergency procedures ready to go. The first aid, you're not, uh, yeah. Yeah. So you have to ask for extra time maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it was like an exam. Anyway, no, that was a great interview. It's always like for me to hear someone who's so into it and has a triple A team and two teams, in fact, and has had kids that have gone into the NHL. It's just so interesting to see what was, you know, started for us at like the Bulldogs all the way through to that and hear them talk about it. So great interview. Thanks for uh, Jamie for joining us on, uh, on episode uh, 15. That was really great. Yeah. I really appreciate it, Jamie. So hope everyone likes it. Yeah. Um, anything else for anyone today? No, I hope everyone uh, had a good tournament this last weekend. It's a big, it's right now there is a lot of tournaments going on and uh, yeah. a lot of hockey, so a lot of driving. So hopefully everyone's safe out there. Well, thanks again for Jamie Edwards for joining us. We really appreciate it. Please listen, review, share. We're on Apple, Spotify, everywhere else you can uh, hear it. Mm-hmm. Stoff, thanks so much for making this happen. Yep. We'll catch you this week, later on this week with the rankings. Yep.